welcome to the Constipated Christian Podcast. This is a podcast all about living out your faith. I'm here with our host and founder, Bud Browning. Morning, everyone. So, Bud, what are we going to talk about today? You know, this might be a <clears throat> somewhat of a disjointed or controversial, not, not controversial like the last <laughs> episode that we had, but uh, not sure how to talk through this, but it was on my mind and I kind of prefaced a little talk here with Nick about what we're going to talk about, but it's still kind of kind of a nebulous thing uh, as I'm trying to work through it. But <clears throat> listening to a, um, a message over the weekend, and one of the lines in the message was, uh, is our faith good enough to get us through this life? And is that same faith good enough to get us into heaven? And I probably passed over that a couple, three times and kept going back to it thinking like, gosh, have I been missing something or uh, you know, and then I thought, and then he, he kind of went on to say that uh, sometimes we, we, we become kind of lethargic in our, in our faith. You know, we go to church, we, uh, you know, we've talked about this before and just kind of doing like the uh, weekly things surrounding ourselves with like-minded people. And then, uh, you know, do we spend too much time with them? Not enough time going out in the outside world. Uh, am I following the crowd at church too much? My safe place, my respite for the world, that kind of thing. Then I thought, started thinking, my gosh, you know, am I going for the wrong reasons? And, uh, you know, I go to get bolstered up and I love going to church and I want to be around people. And thank God that I do feel the call to after I leave church to go out and, you know, do some uh, things outside the walls of the church. But I was thinking about, um, you know, uh, we're, uh, we're almost obsessed, as I talk to young families about, you know, their biggest thing is to get their four or five kids dressed, fed, and get them to church on time, where, you know, they, you know that's the obsession, They're just, just, just to get to church on time, I think it's a song or whatever. Uh, and, and, and as Christians, that's where, where we belong, you know, God knows it takes a, a tremendous amount of effort to get our families there and on and on, but, but, you know, but, but he wants us to go. And so I guess I, I kind of segue from that into shouldn't that same obsession be spent in observing the Great Commission, loving our neighbor, be, uh, becoming the greatest uh, thing in God's eyes as a servant? Um, you know, and, you know, can we do that by spending so much time uh, just in church with other Christians and just uh, living out our faith within the walls of the church and not outside the walls? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what prompted me to. Yeah. So talking about how strong is our faith, essentially. Yes. Yeah. I think I want to preface to as you know, even you and I, Bud, we're talking about a little bit before and we're talking about having strong faith. We're not talking about um, if we have weak faith or strong faith, that doesn't change if we're going to get into heaven or not. We're kind of talking about some of the deathbed conversions, um, you know, in scripture, the thief on a cross. Uh, we don't know how strong his faith was at that moment. But we do know that Jesus promised him that he was going to be with him. And one verse that kind of comes to mind is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11. Paul's writing, he says this. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power has been made perfect in weakness. <clears throat> Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that's why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weakness in insults, in hardships, in persecution, and in difficulty. For when I am made weak, for when I am weak, then I am made strong. So I think in order to have a strong faith, like you're talking about, it's kind of like a 
you know, it's kind of ironic in a way. There's kind of a dichotomy there where in order to have strong faith, we first have to acknowledge the weakness that we have and acknowledge that, hey, me having a strong faith doesn't really have a whole lot to do with me, but it has everything to do with Christ's strength in me. Yeah, that whole comment is kind of oxymoronic when you think about it, that we're we're at our strongest when we're at our mm -hmm. weakest. I mean, initially on the surface, that doesn't make sense, like what well, you must have misstated that or whatever. But you also mentioned something else in the, um, what we call that the prelude or whatever you and I were talking about, <laughs> stuff to what we're going to talk about. The pre-conversation pre before we record. Yeah. <laughs> and we talk about a lot of stuff that we don't bring here, thank God. But, um, uh, James uh, two seventeen. I was thinking about uh, faith by itself. Uh, it, it, it does. Um, uh, faith by itself is a dead faith. And then uh, the analogy was that, uh, you know, without you know without works, it's a dead faith. And the analogy that this author brought in was that if good works do not save us, but they are an essential evidence of the salvation experience. Mm -hmm. And you kind of said that in a, a different way earlier, that if we don't act out our faith, we can't show uh, other people what Christ looks like while, mm -hmm. I think you said, while we are here on earth. And I love that because they wouldn't experience uh, Christ's love of his neighbor, mm -hmm. of his generosity of feeding the hungry, clothing the poor, all the stuff that, you know, that we're involved in. So, yes, uh, a weak faith, mm -hmm. the scene of the cross, will get you into heaven because Christ already mm -hmm. said it. An atheist on his last breath could say, man, I messed up. I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me. And by grace, you know, he could be saved. Mm -hmm. But um, while we are here, and I always go, you know, uh, into that, you know, that could be a bumper sticker. You know, I, mean, I, I kind of play the devil's advocate, which I shouldn't sometime <laughs> about, you know, by grace, we're saved. You don't have to do anything else. But all the rest of the Bible, uh, I love what you said about uh, people can't experience Christ on earth. That's mm -hmm. the rest of the Bible. Well, let me jump in here and say one of the things that we're talking about is um, how the purpose of our faith is to have a relationship with God. And if we look back throughout the entirety of scripture from Christ's death on the cross to even in the beginning in the garden, God's purpose his goal was to have a relationship with humanity and obviously our sin kind of made that relationship a little bit estranged um where um we couldn't have a relationship with god in the way that adam and eve did in the garden after sin so you know jesus's death on the cross reconciled that relationship and obviously, you know, faith will get us into heaven when we die and we can have a relationship with God in the same way that they did in the garden. But I think that the reason that our faith is important right now, why we don't want to wait for those deathbed conversions, because I've heard some people even say that, well, how, you know, I, what if I just live my life the way that I want? And then before I die, I just say, all right, I'm going to accept God now. But the reality is we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to experience Christ. We can do that right now. I mean, Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. So there's kind of this twofold thing going on when we serve people out of our faith. 
So our service is obviously motivated by our faith. You know, they're kind of intertwined that way. When we serve people, that helps us experience God here on earth, but it also helps them experience God here on earth. Yeah. So I think what I was going to say earlier was that um, if we, uh, and you just kind of alluded to it, that, uh, that if we read the Bible, we, uh, we know what, uh, and you and I talked about this earlier, that uh, these are edicts, they're uh, commandments, they're not uh, suggestions or whatever. That if we hear those things and we just ignore them mm -hmm. and just say, you know, that's not for me and not, 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 I'm not a healer, I'm not. Uh, I'm not somebody that feels comfortable dealing with the homeless and just mm -hmm. all this stuff. I'm just, uh, that's just not me. That's just not me. That's just not me. So that's not denying. I mean, and I, and I guess the question I think that he was alluding to was uh, this pastor was that, is that denying our faith? Is it, is it turning our back mm -hmm. on what Christ wants us to do? Now I know we have the freedom of choice and that plays into it. I mean, that's the yeah, whole thing that will. plays into it. Yeah. Free yeah. will. So, um, you know, do we uh, just accept that, that, the, you know, and I've, I've said the Popeye thing, I am what I am, I can't change. Um, but I, 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 it just gave me pause to reflect or, or pause to think about, you know, gosh. So if I'm, um, you know, we're accountable for as much as we know, you know, if we don't know something, obviously we can't be accountable for it, I guess. But once we know it, are we accountable mm -hmm. for it? And again, then we go back to, well, these works aren't going to get you into heaven or whatever. And I was uh, looking at something in, in, in this article, um, uh, conducting business on behalf of the most high king is a privilege mm -hmm. and it brings purpose to our lives. So I mean, what, what I was thinking about that when we can, or as we conduct business, of the most high king is such a privilege that we are, uh, that's why we go out. That's why we talk. We're spreading the word about, about Jesus and the king. And it's such a privilege that he has bestowed upon us. So if we say, ah, that's just not me. When then, you know, now we're not doing the great commission, you know, we're just kind of just, um, you know, not, not doing the things <clears throat> because we don't want to do them. Uh, and a lot of stuff we don't want to do, but Christ wants us to do. And, that, and again, mm -hmm. that goes back to your thing that we got to put, ourselves just at this weak point where somebody just uh, controls our thoughts. And I mean, that's what, what we really want, want the Holy Spirit to, to speak through us, you know? Mm -hmm. And then this, uh, the last part was knowing that Christ has redeemed us should increase our zeal to do good works while we await his return. He has equipped us with gifts and resources so that we can accomplish his will. So that kind of brings it to me <clears throat> or, or that circle around that, um, or, you know, bring the circle to a closure that, or to complete the circle that once we know about him, he will equip us with whatever our talents are to go out mm -hmm. and, and do things. So um, it's just that how strong is my faith on earth? And is that faith? Uh, and, and, and again, you know, you know, we can argue this, that, you know, even if we, not that we deny Christ, but we just feel inferior that we can't do it again, his forgiveness, his grace, uh, will still allow us to come into heaven. But like you talked about, like the, this, mm -hmm. this uh, passage that we can't experience Christ on earth or show other mm -hmm. people what Christ on earth looks like if we don't act this out. Yeah. And I think we want to clarify that it's not, it's our faith that save us, not our works. Um, you know, there's a scripture about that. But I do think that we do need to acknowledge that our faith and our works, there is, you know, some infusion there that's happening. Um, 
So James 2, uh, starting in verse 14, it reads, says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat well, but then they don't do anything to help with those physical needs, then what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. And there are some <clears throat> schools of thought that kind of say, okay, well, you know, you need faith and works in order to be saved, in order to get into heaven. And I don't personally interpret that verse this way. The way that I've read this verse and as I've studied it, it's kind of saying that your faith is what motivates those actions. So if you talk about being in a relationship with someone, my wife doesn't tell me, you know, hey, if you love me, you need to buy me flowers. Or if you don't buy me flowers, that's a sign that you don't love me. Instead, because I love her and I know that she likes flowers, you know, out of my love for her, I, you know, do this action of buying her flowers. And I think that uh, our faith and our actions, you know, the good deeds that we do for other people, it's kind of the same thing. So God isn't telling us, hey, if you have faith, do these good deeds. That'll prove, you know, to me that you have, you know, faith. Instead, out of our faith for God, we're doing those good deeds. Uh, again, your analogy about uh, loving your wife and wanting to do something for her. If, if we love Christ, we, mm -hmm. we want to do things for him. He puts on yeah. our heart. And by you giving your wife flowers mm -hmm. because you love her, you're expressing yeah. what you feel. Yeah. So your faith in your marriage, yeah. uh, not that you have to do it to keep your marriage going, but you wouldn't just say, listen, I married you. Uh, we're you know, done. I'll see We're you, you know, like in 50 or whatever, but I'm going to go yeah. do some other stuff. So that wouldn't, <clears throat> that wouldn't make sense. And, and the same thing, you know, we're, we're brides of Christ, the church. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we are married, uh, you know, to Christ, we, we want to mm -hmm. do things for him because of our love for him. So it's not mm -hmm. like you're forcing or she's forcing you to buy flowers, yeah. but to express your love for her. And by you showing other people how you express love inspires them to uh mm -hmm. show their wives how they love them whatever mm -hmm. and I, I think that analogy that you're using if i'm extrapolate to christ that's what i would make that that jump yeah and i think expression is the right word so when we do good deeds um our good deeds aren't necessarily dependent on our faith like good deeds is an expression of the faith that we already have well and again we're human so mm -hmm. uh, we could just yammer on or have a sign or a stand on the corner or whatever you know and mm -hmm. uh, say it or whatever but, but when people see you do something mm -hmm. it prompts them to say why do you because i've been asked like why do you even do this stuff and what mm -hmm. you you know what's your deal or, or what's your angle not well not that they have said that what's your angle yeah. <clears throat> and i said gosh no angle i said or, or i guess my angle is that i'm trying to show my faith rather than talk about my faith to put up a mm -hmm. sign about it. So I think yeah. to me, showing my faith is more effective than yeah. preaching my faith. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to make sure that people understand that I am showing my faith because it does take a lot more effort than just talking about it. Mm -hmm. That that's all part of life. Life's faith that we are living is that, our faith is going to be difficult. It, it's mm -hmm. not going to be 
I'll see you in, uh, yeah. I've married you, I'll see you in 50 or whatever, and then I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah. It's constantly loving and mm -hmm. constantly uh, in, I mean, all the words that we're gonna, you know, conjure up in our minds about that Christ-like behavior, it's that that shows them so they can experience it. I think through that, because we are human, mm -hmm. our emotions receive that feeling of, oh my gosh, I love that feeling that he took the time or whatever, or loved him or this kind thing for me. So, I mean, to me, that ex exudes Christ into people. Yeah. I don't know whether I explained that correctly or not, but. Well, no, it's that adage, you know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It comes down to it. You know, yeah, you can tell people that you have faith, but when you show people the faith that you have through your actions, uh, that speaks a lot louder. Well, I think not only showing it, but when they receive it, mm -hmm. it touches their emotion. I mean, it, it, yeah. it does actually touch it. It's not just a showing thing or it's not a and, and again, we're going to you know do the uh, semantics thing. I'm sure you mm -hmm. mean what I mean. But um, when you when you do something again, here's that word do mm -hmm. an action word. When you take the yeah. time to do something for somebody that touches them in itself, you know, like, oh, wow, you took the time to help me or bend down or stop or, you know, be with me. Yeah. Well, there's this quote that's been attributed to St. Francis. Um, I've heard other people say he didn't say it. So just that little disclaimer. But I think the principle of the quote is kind of relates to what we're talking about. But um, this quote says, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. I mean, you know, a lot more action, a lot less yeah. talk. And there was a, a paragraph here that kind of uh, talks about what we're going back er, mm -hmm. uh, earlier about um, we tend to think of stewardship in terms of money only, but our mm -hmm. responsibility extends far beyond that. We are accountable for our time and our skills as well. Mm -hmm. One day Christ will judge each Christian's works, Romans 14, 10, first mm -hmm. Corinthians 3, 13 to 15, second Corinthians 5 to 10. Enduring work will be rewarded. Worthless works, those performed with impure motives, will be mm -hmm. destroyed. First Corinthians 3, 14 to 15. And works performed to serve others demonstrate the presence of God's love in our hearts. First John 3, 16 to 17. Mm -hmm. God's grace is not a license for laziness. It should motivate us to please him. Mm -hmm. Everything we consider a good work, quote unquote, for God is best understood as an expression of stewardship. Mm -hmm. And I like the way he put that. You know, it's not, uh, you know, it, it just says so much. I'm not going to, you know, recapitulate all the stuff that I just said, mm -hmm. but it just says so much about why we would do what we do rather than just think about it or try to tell people what we do or tell people what they should do. You know? Right. And you mentioned that verse with the, the actions or deeds done with impure motives. Mm. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about is when we say, Hey, if you only do good things because you feel like it's you want connected to, to your salvation, you know? Yeah. That's what we're talking <clears throat> about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, that whole thing about is your faith strong enough mm -hmm. to get you through this life? And of course it can be, you just yeah. say, I love God and blah, blah, blah. I go to church, but is it strong enough to get me into heaven? Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, might disagree or, you know you know if you have faith you have faith once you've accepted your you, you know you're gonna go but 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 the motives while you're here and how you live your life 
and, and you know, talk, mm-hmm. this talks about like our, our, our rewards. You know, we, we mm-hmm. are going to be rewarded for certain things we do and not for thing, or things that we don't do. We're not going to be rewarded for. Yeah. So, you know, we might just say that we're, we're going to go to heaven, but the rewards in heaven are, you know, are going to be bestowed upon us because of the things that we have done of mm-hmm. our, of our love for Christ. Yeah. And I think you mentioned stewardship somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to circle back around to that because um, in our small group uh, recently, I shared that James verse and someone even asked that about, you know, well, hey, could it be a seasonal thing? Like if I'm in a busy season and mm. I'm not, you know, serving, quote unquote, in a church or outreach <clears throat> setting, you know, what is, you know, what does that look like? Does that mean my faith isn't, you know, being lived out in that moment? And <clears throat> and I would say, I don't think so. I think that, you know, God has stewarded us to care for those around us, whether that's our family or, you know, even mm-hmm. ourselves, you know, we are, we do believe that our body is a temple. So we are called to steward for that as well. So if there is a season where <clears throat> maybe you're not serving at church or serving in a ministry or serving with an outreach project, you know, maybe that's what living out your faith looks like in that season. It means, caring for yourself it means stewarding your family you know i was going to say i'm not going to comment on on what you said about the word steward (laughs) unless you bring it up again you said it two more times so so i I am going to say uh or i mean i'm sorry i'm sorry not steward season uh, the word season and i hear i mean man this is thrown up a lot to me and i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that it's just put up uh in insincerely or whatever but sometimes i hear people use this you know, many times during the year, it's, uh, I'm I'm in a different season. I'm I'm I need to take some time off. I, you know, this isn't uh, my time to do this. I don't feel that. You know, I'm just not. Uh, and I think I, you and I talked about some stuff here earlier that I just said, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the uh, people that I've been working with that's involved in this, she said, boy, you know, I just I don't have the pep in my step. And yeah. I, and, I, <laughs> and I'm thinking like, you know. There are times we have to draw back and we have to mm-hmm. rest or whatever and, and just kind of you know receive rather than go mm-hmm. obviously because we want to get refueled from christ's word but i'm thinking you know the season thing sometimes i i think it's it's and i'm not being judgmental but it's kind of a scapegoat i'm thinking sometimes like it you know, can the, be sure you know yeah. man i'm thinking like there's a lot of times where man this isn't my season i i need to be uh yeah. doing other stuff you know and i'm thinking like I don't know, you know, did the disciples say, you know, I'm going to take this off. Or this isn't my right, season or, right. you know, I'm just, and again, going back to church and acts. Yeah. And I do think that that's a fair thing to discern with, you know, those close by you, you know, but if someone were to share with you, you know, Hey, it's just not the season for me to serve in this capacity. It's like, you know, just have a conversation with them. Well, you know, what do you got going on? And, you know, when I think of that, I think of the people who are, when I'm talking about seasons, I'm talking about the people who are going through maybe health scenarios where they can't necessarily, they don't have the physical uh, strength to do some of those things, or, you know, perhaps financial where they're having to spend more time working or something like that. And I mean, it does, you're right. It does go back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, we're made strong when we're weak. So in those weaknesses, you know, if we, make that decision in spite of our season to live out our faith in other capacities. Um, you know, I think we can have faith that God will strengthen us in those moments. He'll give us the grace and the strength to do what he's called us to do. 
So I'm going to uh, mention two names to you. And when you say that uh, when people are not feeling it or they're hurting or they're, uh, they're, um, you know, health, health wise or whatever, mm -hmm. Father Stu and Dip Barlow. Yeah. You know, I mean, Father Stu just tr trucked through mm -hmm. it, you know, I, I, to, to the point where he's yeah. on the floor, he couldn't even move. Deb Barlow, we both know her and her heart and just how mm -hmm. much she's going through. She's getting ready for a kidney transplant and mm -hmm. uh, just does this dialysis thing. And she just yeah. so, um, I mean, I, I'm just inspired, but, but, but I get what you say. Mm -hmm. If you are physically incapable of doing it, all you can do is pray for people. And mm -hmm. I don't want to minimize that because yeah. that is as powerful, if not <clears throat> more powerful sometimes yeah. on what we need about the things we go through. And God puts those things on those people's minds that they can't do things, but they know mm -hmm. that things need to be prayed about. So, I mean, those prayer warriors, yeah. I don't want to dismiss it, but, uh, you know, I could have a cold or be sick or whatever and say, gosh, I don't feel it. I'm not going to do mm -hmm. this or uh, that I need to take some time off. But then I think about other people that for that fathers do and yeah. Deb and just people like that, that just truck through this. And I think, mm -hmm. I wish yeah, I had more of that, you yeah. know, like I, I'm sure the disciples and there were times when they got, you know, walking around in sandals and getting mm -hmm. stone bruises on their feet or whatever. Going, man, I don't think I can walk anymore. You know? Yeah. I just made that up. But, yeah. No. And I think those are two examples of people who, Going back to what you're saying about strong faith, that's what it strong faith looks like. There you go. In action. For me, I'm just trying to think like I want to think a little bit more outside of the box that, you know, hey, living out your faith doesn't necessarily mean volunteering at church. Oh, no, not at all. For you, living out your faith, you know, looks like uh, serving the community in different capacities. So just trying to get people to think more creatively about that. Well, hey, maybe there's a season where, you know, you have to work on a Sunday morning, so you can't participate in that uh, capacity. So just, you know, thinking creatively, okay, what does it look like for me to live out my faith in that moment? If you're working on Sunday and are unable to um, attend service in person, then maybe living out your faith looks like serving those in your workplace. Yeah, I just I, actually, I, I was going to write yeah. that down. So, so your church would be on Sunday is, is to live out your faith where you're working. That, that would yeah. be your church. I, mean, I have no mm -hmm. problem with that. The uh, serving the community, uh, I thought you were going to say volunteer or whatever. To me, I go back to, you know, there's only like four or five things, you know, that I can do, right? You know, loving mm -hmm. the Lord with all the heart, the, big, uh, the, the Great Commission, loving our neighbor and becoming a servant. Uh -huh. So I, I don't see it as serving my community as much as I see it as, as acting out those four Mm -hmm. edicts you know mm -hmm. to me serving my community is loving my neighbor mm -hmm. so I, I feel like i have to add that scripture is 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 in me to act out so i know atheists can serve their community or bad mm -hmm. people can uh, do community outreach or, or i mean community service oh my god yeah i mean community service uh, people mm -hmm. that are doing bad things can do community service but um to me the loving the neighbor is the is the thing that comes to mind when i think about uh, community yeah. So as we wrap up, I just want to give a quick plug. Uh, Bud is going to be going on the prowl, as I think the word you used, uh, just trying to connect with some new people outside of our immediate church community who have, you know, who really do live out their faith and who I th we think are great examples of that and can inspire our listeners. So if you or anyone you know, has a personal story about living out your faith, you can reach out to Bud at uh, 
theconstipatedchristian at gmail.com. And um, he'll have you come on and give you an opportunity to talk about it with our audience. We might have to go to another uh, thing here, because, uh, and I want you to put this in there. Yeah, It's very, uh, you know, this all started out about the constipated Christian, about uh, touching people or uh, getting people to come on and share their faith. It's never been about me or Nick talking about stuff. I mean, uh, generally, you know, uh, the times that we do talk is because I haven't been able to sign up enough people to come in and fill up our, uh, you know, uh, time slots, trying to keep this going twice a week, which I think is you know what God has kind of put on my heart. I might, maybe I misread that, but that's a lot. So uh, Nick came up with this uh, beautiful card and a flyer that we're going to put out or whatever. And I'm just looking so much for or so forward to going outside of, the, of my contact to different churches. And like he said, mm -hmm. contact people if they want to uh, come on. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Constipated Christian Podcast. However you are tuning in, be sure to follow or subscribe, as well as leave a rating and review. If you are interested in learning more ways on how to live out your faith, you can visit our website at theconstipatedchristian.org. And if you'd like to leave Bud or one of our guests a comment, you can email it to theconstipatedchristian at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.